This is a special edition of Minnesota Native News, COVID-19 Community Conversations with host Leah Lem. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by a grant from the Minnesota Department of Health. Anin, hello, I'm Leah Lem. Miigwech, and thank you for joining me for these ongoing conversations, exploring how Indian country in Minnesota is responding and adapting to the current pandemic. Today on the show, musicians talk about where they are right now when so much has changed. With the pandemic, gigs and tours were canceled, resulting in lost income and community gatherings that are really crucial to the lives of musicians. Through the struggle comes innovation to keep making music, to keep being creative when realities change can be a major adjustment. So we've talked to two musicians who continue to create, who continue to provide the medicine of music and bring their art to listeners. Our guests today are Annie Humphrey and Rafael Gonzalez, who are both musicians and so much more. Annie Humphrey is an Anishinaabe Kwe mother, grandmother, and an award-winning musician who's been a presence on the music scene for decades. In my past visits with her pre-pandemic, I've learned about her sustainable lifestyle, and we've even gotten to share a few songs together in the past. I appreciate so much of her all-around artistry. In the conversation Annie and I had, she talks about how she spends her time, her songwriting, and she even shares some unreleased lyrics that she's working on, which, as you'll hear, I get a bit excited about. Our other guest today is Rafael Gonzalez, also known as One. He's a hip-hop artist who grew up in South Minneapolis. He is Dakota and Boricua, and he has his own music business. And he is a voice for justice. He shares with reporter Melissa Townsend how he's chosen to rethink the way he does music throughout the drastic changes that have taken place. Both of these musicians continue their craft through it all, and I, for one, am super grateful for it. So let's start with Annie Humphrey. Humphrey's song, Ancient Love, is off her latest album, Eat What You Kill. Annie is a northern Minnesota neighbor of mine, and I've been lucky to see her perform several times. As a musician myself, we've even shared a billing once in the cities. The last time I saw her was at a performance of hers here in Grand Rapids, where I live. She and Keith Sakola gave a lovely performance for the Indian Education Program in March. And it just so happens that it was the last live show my family has seen because days later, schools were closing and the state issued the stay-at-home order. So I think about her music a lot as a warm memory and as comfort. Annie spends her time caring for her father, spending time with family, and creating music. 
the day we were to talk over video conference, she was going to go out to harvest wild rice, though it did end up being too stormy for her to go. We talk about how things have both changed and not changed for her during the pandemic and what's currently inspiring her creativity. Annie, could you please for me introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Annie Humphrey and um, I was born and raised in Cass Lake and lived most of my life on Leech Lake Reservation. And how have you and your family adjusted to life in a pandemic? Well, you know what? I can't really tell. I mean, I can't really tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I remember when it first kind of started, we were like in sugar, bu- it was sugar bush time. So we were making the maple syrup. Still couldn't tell because we were going out to the woods and doing our thing and boiling sap. And mm-hmm. then we, after that spring and the warmer weather came, mm-hmm. I take care of my dad. So just, and because my dad is elderly being home, I really cannot tell. And we always play board games and we don't have no TV and we, um, I don't know. I just can't tell. That's yeah. As well, how are you doing in this really horrible ordeal we're living through? I'm like, what ordeal? (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a musician, I'm sure, you know, was there a disruption with like gigs or practicing Um, and that sort of thing? Yeah. Yeah, there was. I had some stuff lined up that, you know, got zapped. I was still primarily a caregiver to my dad. I wasn't working in a, as a musician that much anyway. Mm-hmm. You know, actually, recently, things have really picked up because I did do a show in New York Mills. I did a show last Friday in um, Shakopee. And then I was asked to be part of a Water is Life festival in Michigan. So I just had to do an hour pre-recorded music. And it paid like it would a regular gig. And then that's helping a lot. That's cool. Can you talk a little bit about that? So you pre-recorded yeah, I, a friend of mine, I saw him on a video and the, the screen was divided in quadrants and there was a musician in each part of the screen. There was him, the lead guitar, the drummer, the bass. And I'm like, how are they doing that? Are they all like online at the, like this at the same time? But they're not. David, David would send his part to them and they would all do their part mm-hmm. and record visually record themselves doing their part and then make it look like they're all there together. So this last pre-recorded deal I did, I sent my part to my guitar player, Jeremy Illisaker in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. And he just took it. He's a video guy too. So he, he videoed himself into the shot when he was playing. And then when I was talking in between, he would fade himself out. And was, I mean, he did a really cool job. And so you're not really playing together. So I'm like, oh, sorry about that, Jeremy. Hey, this is Jeremy. And and then he goes, he's a week later saying, yeah, hi. And, and acting like we're interacting, but we're really not. It's kind of funny. But when you see it, it looks pretty cool. And yeah. I don't know. People are paying to see that. <laughs> well, that must be, I mean, that must be uh, just as much, if not more work. I don't know. I mean, you're, I guess you're not traveling but, you know, to produce a video on top of playing. Right. Well, it's weird, Leah. It's like you finish the song, dum, crickets chirping. Okay, so that song was called, <laughs> it's kind of awkward. It's like, there's no um, exchange. Yeah. <laughs> you should have a clap track. It's like, woo. <laughs> <a lot> auditorium. <laughs> 
you know, we talked about kind of a bit, you know, you, you have a, you've had a couple gigs and these like virtual gigs. What does the future of gigging look like to you? I don't know. I mean, I think wintertime is going to be hard, but like I'm going to be doing a show in Bemidji, which I'd like you to come. And um, it's my birthday. Oh, yeah. So awesome. I'm going to have a, like a concert type birthday at the Rail River Folk School. So what we're going to do there is have it completely outside. Um, the band will be up on this deck. They have a deck and they have a, a really cool indoor venue, but you know, I'm with my dad, so I don't want to be like too like reckless, but you know, so I think just yeah. being outside. and you know what? It's always beautiful on my birthday. Mm. It can be sleeting snow and 30, but on my birthday, it's like plenty and 60. I'm <laughs> well, that's lucky. <laughs> and then this place I did at, at New York Mills was at a farm, like a farm museum type setting. So it was outside. So I think if people can have their space. I think we can handle it. I mean, and the, the reducing the capacity, I see it happening all over outside of these restaurants are having outdoor spaces and, you know, people are just maybe getting outside more too, which is really cool. And people are driving less, which is really cool too. And we are, I think we're consuming less, which is really cool too. I mean, I know that I'm not out spending money every day and, you know, I think that everything's getting kind of a little a bit of a rest too. Mm-hmm. So. I just feel really fortunate, you know, and I remember when the shelter in place thing was kicking in and we were after dinner, me and the girls started playing this game called cards, cards for decolonization. Oh, we could play. It's so funny. Humanity is one of those kind of games, funny, but all pertaining to historic trauma, but we're all laughing about it. You know, right. It's all neutralized. It's all cool. But we're sitting there playing the game and then my niece Koi is like, oh, here's suggestions on what families can do during COVID. Play board games at the table together. We're like, oh, okay. And, you know, going into the woods together. Oh, okay. So I'm like, we got this, you know. <laughs> Check. <laughs> oh, yeah. So you mentioned you're always writing. You're always creating. What have you been creating recently? I'm kind of writing about God or who I think God is. Mm or creator, or whatever you want to call her, them, they, him, it. There's people in my life who are like, I don't feel connection. I don't feel a spiritual, I don't feel spiritual. And we have ceremony here, but they're like, I, I'm not feeling it, mom. Oh, I'm telling you, it's my kids. Okay. And so I'm dwelling on all of this thinking, you know, why can't somebody feel creator or spiritual energy around them? I read this book by Octavia Butler. And she's like a science fiction writer from way back, right? But she was writing about, you know, people who are before their time. She's one of them. And in one of her books, she talks about God being in her. And I started thinking to myself, I mean, literally in her. And people say it all the time. Well, yeah, creator is all around us and we're part of creation. And But to take it a step further by saying creator lives right here in my center, so I got this crazy tattoo on my face because the creator lives in my center. But but the real journey is really to get there. The journey is to find out how to listen and 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 just settle and, and hear. So it's almost like when I'm praying the hardest in my life, it's an internal thing, right? Please, please yeah, bring it. I'm not trying to turn your, your show into a, you know what I'm saying? But this is just what I've been writing about. 
and and then I'm thinking, how can I, you know, how can I share that that concept, you know, to people? Because people, Leah, people ask me, you know, when they, 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 I don't know, I guess I run my mouth a lot on stage, and then people say more than I do. But like they want my opinion sometimes. But when I was trying to think how to say it for my own child who was an adult, mm. I I just told him, you know, we all have a piece of God or Creator inside of us. So I feel like we just have to apply ourselves to grow spiritually. It's, it takes work and it takes self-reflection and it takes all of these things. It just doesn't happen automatic because you say some words. I can share a lyric with you. Ooh, yes, okay. please. <laughs> <laughs> So this one is about, I, I take care of my dad. And so there's a small income there because I share his care with my daughter and my nephew and this another lady so that it's not on, you know, it's doable because it's not all on one or two people right now. Mm-hmm. And, um, but the rest of it is, you know, just hustling and, you know, it's my next hustle. And, and so I don't have a, I don't have any requirements retirement or social security or nothing you know I have nothing I just hope my kids will take care of me when I'm old mm-hmm. in some people's eyes that might be like oh my gosh how scary how what are they gonna do when they get you know old and can't work anymore or what's gonna happen and I don't I'm not worried I just maybe when I get there I will <laughs> <clears throat> but well this this song this lyric speaks to that and you know um I'll just read it So the first verse is, I'm taking my time, I'm falling behind, I'm waving goodbye, I got a smile, because I really don't mind, like, like, I'm just back here doing my thing, and I'm not, gonna slow down and smell the cedar, not chasing a job, seeking a fortune, some simple is sweeter. I don't wear dresses on Sunday, because my church is out in the rain, and the snow, and the sun, and the fog and the night, and the day. It's my only way. I sing to the sunrise because it makes me feel alive. I've been accused of worshiping the trees, but I got a secret, you see. I created myself because God is in me. And that's it. Yay! Oh, that's really lovely, Annie. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thank you for sharing that with me. Cool. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. It's nice to talk to you and see you again. All right. Well, take care, Annie. See you later. Okay. <laughs> you can find Annie Humphrey on Facebook or her website, AnnieHumphreyMusic.com. Her music can be found on iTunes and her latest album, Eat What You Kill, is on Bandcamp. You're listening to a special edition of Minnesota Native News COVID-19 Community Conversations. COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health. I'm Leah Lem. When I see the tallest trees, I believe I'm looking at my living ancestors allowing me to breathe. Although they can't see, its senses are probably far beyond you and me. The plants have a spirit energy, we will feed on the seeds, and if they're not quite edible, we will turn them into beads and wear jewelry. That gives us protection, you could wear my necklace, think I got
Outside of that, a powwow in Texas, I can't remember. No, wait, it was Denver at the Coliseum. Peace to the Navajo tribe, my native brothers and sisters. I came from Minnesota, a Minneapolis. Spirit Lake is the reservation that I'm enrolled in A family of survivors I can't believe I'm here and I'm still alive and well Baby, I'm thriving Had to cut the fried bread I wanna make some wild rice together later on And we wild for the night First, can you teach me how to garden? Can you teach me how our ancestors harvest? Can you show me how to put life back in the yard In the soil of the earth that we walk? Sage Patch Kid is the first track off of Two For One's homecoming album. Hip-hop artist Two For One, also known as Rafael Gonzalez, is Boricua and Dakota from Spirit Lake. He lives in South Minneapolis. Reporter Melissa Townsend talks with him about his music, his work for justice, and how all of it has changed during the pandemic. He says there are definitely silver linings. Do you want to just start by uh, introducing yourself however you'd like? Yeah, absolutely. I'm Petu Ashte, Magaju Haga Imakiapido. Hello, my relatives. My name is Two for One. That's my stage name. Two for One is a representation of my mixed identity here as a mixed indigenous Dakota and Boricua. And I introduced myself in Dakota, and my Dakota name is Makes Rain. That's what it translates to. And uh, a lot of people around the community just know me as Rafa. My given name is Rafael Gonzalez. So, yeah, I'm a hip-hop artist, activist from uh, Southside, Minneapolis, uh, music producer. I own my, my own small music company. I didn't realize you owned your own company. No kidding. Yeah, Lucid Dreamer Music LLC is my company, and I am a full-time working musician. So tell me about your background in music. I'm 34, and I've been releasing music since I was in high school. I mean, I started off playing in band, and I played the clarinet and the trumpet, and I was also in choir, and it was always my medicine and something to keep me busy and occupied during, you know, my upbringing. Also, in in terms of, like, being in movements, I've done a lot of on-the-ground work to fight against the oil industry uh, and pipelines, such as the Dakota Access Pipeline, the Line 3 Pipeline. And I've also been active here in Minneapolis uh, during the uprising, you know, after George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and so many other victims of police brutality. I try to be a compassionate human being and a community person, and that's, that's mainly it, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. It sounds like you are very comfortable with your identity and your cultural influences, and it comes out in your artistry, and it's how you live your life. When you think about hip-hop, hip-hop is something that was created by Black and Puerto Rican youth in the inner city of New York, in the Bronx, in like the 70s and 80s, you know, and so this was always a form of expression that was used as a way to not only pass time, but to resist, you know, uh, systems of oppression that were designed to fail marginalized youth. Um, And so this was something that kind of saved us in a lot of ways. And so that piece of of my culture of like the urban landscape and of of being a marginalized youth, um, hip hop has kind of really always been there in its most genuine form, especially as like a young kid we were freestyling and we just loved all of the hip-hop when we were when we were young you know and so like it go it goes back totally so you've toured a lot right with other native artists when i went to standing rock resisting the dakota access pipeline 
we're living at the Ocheti Shakoin resistance camp all the way up until the day that they evicted us off of the camp. And so there was this group of indigenous hip-hop artists and singers that I met while I was there, like Anton Edwards. I met Natani Means prior to that, but we became like close friends. We got kicked out of camp and we were like, what are we going to do? We're really broken. We lost this fight. Oil that's going to be flowing through this pipeline and it was really heartbreaking and we we're like well what should we do and Natani and my buddies at the time were like you know what let's let's take this thing on tour and let's let's go let's go to colleges and reservations and let's speak about our experience but also do what is healing to us and that's music of course okay. and so we planned our own tour across uh, the so-called United States, across Canada, called the Wake Up the World Tour. And then in 2018 is when I went on the Resilience Tour. And that was when I really challenged myself to like find funding to like do all the booking. And so during those tours, I was networking so much. Like every person that I met, I'm like, hey, are you on Facebook? Let's be friends on Facebook. Are you on Instagram? Here's my card. Here's my CDs. Here's my music. Let's stay connected. You know, and, and also like a lot of these experiences were super genuine and I made a lot of friends too. Yeah. Yeah. So then the pandemic hits. How does that shift things for you? Yeah. I mean, just like for anybody and everybody, really, it changed, right? Profoundly, like drastically changes, right? For me, I was kind of devastated by it all because I was planning tours already for this year, a tour in Europe, a tour across the States, touring in Canada, and they all got canceled. All of my paid gigs, we had some paid gigs out in Europe, in the Netherlands, and all that stuff got canceled. And so the impact was, of course, not being able to perform locally, nationally, and internationally, and be able to create these awesome, like beautiful performance experiences with our art that we love so much. But also, we were unable to bring in that income. That's our livelihood, you know? And so for us, it was like, oh, like, we just had a bunch of gigs cancel and all of our tours that we were going to be able to sell our merch, to sell our music. And the more we perform, the more our like digital music sales go up. And so those things kind of stagnated for a bit there. And it was like, okay, we have to rethink. So what did you do? So rethinking that, what that meant was, am I still going to be able to do music? Absolutely. Am I still going to be able to perform? Yes, but in a different way, right? And so it's been an interesting transition, but it's also been, you know, all people talk about the silver linings a lot within the pandemic, right? For me, artistically and personally, one of the silver linings was I have been able to grow my fan base and my support base pretty rapidly, I would say because of the need to change the way I work. Yeah, I saw on Instagram you have this program called Upward Spiral, right? And there's like a live event every day, live performances, a cooking show, an open mic, songwriting sessions. That's really creative. Instead of booking shows locally in front of a lot of 
the same community that I've I've already been performing to for so long. I've been able to reach out to audiences that I haven't reached. And I would say my biggest support base is, is Native folks, which is amazing and it's great. And that feels good to have the support from your own people, right? I was able to gain a much bigger online following and it taught me so much more about internet marketing, social media strategy, and how to create content that will increase revenue for myself as an independent business owner um, and as an independent artist, use these different algorithms through social media, especially Instagram, um, in a way that gets my music into the speakers and into the headphones of listeners who genuinely like the music and who are impacted by the music in a good and a positive way. But then it looks like you put it all on hold. All of that stuff was put on hold, especially during the the heightened parts of the uprising and the movement to to find justice for George Floyd and Breonna Taylor and all of the victims of police brutality. And this is similar to when I was in Standing Rock too, because I had put my music on hold for for the duration of when I was at the encampment. I just didn't have it in me to promote my art and promote myself as an artist. I, I, I didn't feel like it was a good time for it. And so I paused everything for at least two months, maybe two and a half months to focus on what was happening in our city. It's just a really big movement. And I don't think my generation has ever been this close to revolution. And so even though there are a lot of people who are angry about the looting, there's a lot of people who are angry about the escalated violence that's happening. I get that. But at the same time, I understand that there has to be conflict before we can get to a place of liberation. We have to go through these phases. And now what's next for you? You know, the winter is coming up. I hope people are going to go into more social distancing and more self-isolation so that we can protect ourselves. And so there's going to be, for me, there's going to be a lot more music. My full length album is ready. I've also been putting out a monthly single in the meantime. And so a big portion of my plan is still being executed. But yet, that's for the most part, I mean, that's the shifting and the changing that I've been going through. Ooh, what's my like cinnamon? Do you feel that medicine? Do you feel that sentiment right when you step in my room? What looks so colorful? Might feel like an edible. Might turn off the audio just a few decibels. Open up the window when I feel that breeze and I feel at ease. M I double N E A P O L I S. That is where I be. Double S U C. Mini Ha Ha Ave Lake Street where you find my ass when a car drive past high lake and i don't drive fast because a popo just might spaz ftp till eternity put it on a t-shirt the color burgundy sell it at a concert make hella merch a little hustle on the side you deserve to see the whole world two for one is coming out with a new album including this track titled cinnamon you can find two for one on social media or on his website two for one.com T-U-F-A-W-O-N dot com. Big thank you, Chimigwech, to Andy Humphrey and Rafael Gonzalez for sharing your stories and perspectives with us. 
And thank you for listening today. Chimiguech, music is such a wonderful medicine. I know the sounds of vocals, the words, the lyrics, instruments, and drums can be so healing. So thank you to you musicians out there for telling stories and sharing your energy. Gigawabamin, and I wish you health. I'm Leah Lem. Give me that plug and I'm not talking about no drugs that say Give me that love cause I know it lifts me up and takes me up Minnesota Native News Special Edition COVID-19 Community Conversations is supported by the Minnesota Department of Health.